Hello you guys today I'll be reading The Lord of the Flies book by William Golding It is my work I have to do it before 1 1 a.m. from 1 p.m. because from 1 p.m. I have my class in which it will be taught so this was my homework but I hadn't done this before done this earlier so I'll be doing this from now it's 1 and 1/2 hour left before the class begins and I have to finish at least 3 chapters that's what that was the homework so i'll be reading the book and let's see how much i finish it so the book is the lord of the flies by william golding chapter 1 the sound of the shell the boy with fair haired The boy with fair hair lowered himself down the last few feet of the rock and began to pick his way towards the lagoon though he had taken off his school sweat one more thing i will try to tell uh, in in between when there will be a hard word and the me hard word that means the meaning i don't know i will be explaining the meaning alongside so this is how it will go so I'll, i begin once more Chapter 1 The Sound of the Shell The boy with fair hair lowered himself down the last few feet of rock and began to pick his way towards the lagoon Lagoon means a stretch of salt water separated from the sea by a low sand bank or coral leaf, reef Though he had taken off his school sweater and trailed it now from one hand his gray shirt stuck to him and his hair was plastered to his forehead all round him the long scar smashed into the jungle was a bath of heat he was clambering heavily among the creepers and broken trunks when a bird a vision of red and yellow flashed upwards with a witch like cry and this cry was echoed by another hi it said wait a minute The undergrowth at the side of the scar was shaken and a multitude of raindrops fell pattering. What is the meaning of scar here? Scar here says a steep hike a steep high cliff or rock outcrop especially of a limestone. So it is a high cliff of a limestone. It's not the scar on the skin. A marks on this one. So here we are. The undergrowth at the side of the scar was shaken at, and a multitude of raindrops fell pattering. Wait a minute, the voice said. I got caught up. The fair boy stopped and jerked his stockings with an automatic gesture that made the jungle seem for a moment like the home counties. The voice spoke again. I can't hardly move with all these creeper things. The owner of the voice came backing out of the undergrowth so that twigs scratched on a greasy windbreaker. The naked crooks of the of his knees were plump, caught and scratched by thorn. He bent down, removed the thorns carefully, 
and turned around he felt shorter than the fair boy and very fat he was shorter than the fair boy and very fat he came forward searching out safe lodgement for his feet and then looked up through thick spectacles was the man with the megaphone the fair boy shook his head this is an island at least i think it's an island that's a reef out in the sea perhaps there aren't any grown-ups anywhere the fat boy looked startled there was a there was that pilot but he wasn't in the passenger tube he was up in the cabin in front the fair boy was peering out peering at the reef towards screwed up eyes all them other kids all them other kids the fat boy went on some of them must have got out they must have mustn't mustn't they the fair boy began to pick his way and ca- as casually as possible towards the water he tried to uh, tried to be off hand and not obviously uninterested but the fat boy hurried after him aren't there any grown ups at all i don't think so the fair boy said this solemnly but then the delight of a realized ambition overcame him in the middle of the scar he stood on his head and grimed at the reverse to fat fat boy no grown ups the fat boy thought for a moment that pilot the fair boy allowed his feet to come down and sat on a steamy earth he must have flown off after he has dropped after he dropped us he couldn't land here not in a plane with wheels we was attacked he will be back all right the fat boy shook his he will be back all right all right the fat boy shook his head <coughs> when we was coming down when we was coming down i looked through one of them windows i saw the other part of the plane there were flames coming out of it he looked down and looked up and down the scar and this was that this was and this is what the tube done the fair boy reached out and touched the jagged end of the trunk of a trunk for a moment he looked interested what happened to it he asked where's it got to now that storm dragged it out to see it wasn't half dangerous with all them trees trunks falling there must have been some kids still in it he hesitated for a moment then spoke again what's your name ralph the fat boy waited to be asked his name the fat boy waited to be asked his name in turn but this proffer of acquaintance was not made the fair boy called ralph smiled vaguely stood up and began to make his way once more towards the lagoon the fat boy hung steadily at his shoulder i expect there's a lot more to lot more of us scattered about you haven't seen any others have you ralph shook his head and increased his speed then he tripped over a branch and came down with a crash the fat boy stood by him breathing hard my auntie told me not to run he explained on account of my asthma asthma oh that's right can't catch me breath
I was only boy in our school what had asthma said the fat boy with a touch of pride and I have been wearing specs since I was 3 he took off his glasses and held them out to Ralph blinking and smiling and then started to wipe them against the grubby windbreaker an expression of pain and inward concentration altered the pale contours of his face he smeared the sweat from his cheeks and quickly adjusted the spectacles on his nose them fruit he glanced round the scar them fruit he said i expect he put on his glasses waded away from ralph and crouched down among the tangled foliage i'll be out again in just a minute ralph disentangled himself cautiously and stole away through the branches in a few seconds the boy, the fat boy's grunts were behind him and he was hurrying towards the screen that still lay between him and the lagoon he climbed over a broken trunk and was out in out of the jungle the shore was fledged with palm trees these stood or leaned or reclined against the light and their green feathers were 100 feet up in the air the ground beneath them was a bank of bank covered with coarse grass torn everywhere by upheavals of fallen trees scattered with decaying coconuts and palm saplings behind this was the darkness of the forest forest proper and the open space of the scar ralph stood one hand one hand against a great trunk and screwed up his eyes against shimmering water out in shimmering water out there perhaps a mile away the white surf flinked on coral reef and beyond that open sea was dark blue within the irregular arc of coral the lagoon was still as mountain lake blue of all shades and shadowy green and purple the beach between palm terrace and the water was a thin bow stave endlessly endless apparently for the ralphs left or for the ralphs left the perspective of the palm and beach and water drew to a point at infinity and always almost invincible was the heat he jumped down from the terrace the sand was thick over his black shoes and the heat hit him he became conscious of his weight of his clothes kicked his shoes off fiercely and ripped off each stocking with elastic garter in a single moment movement then he leapt back on the terrace pulled off his shirt and stood there among the skull like coconuts with the green shadows from the palms and the forest sliding over his skin he undid the snake clasp of his belt lugged off his shorts and pants and stood there naked looking at dazzling beach and the water he was old enough 12 years and a few months to have lost the prominent tummy of childhood and not yet old enough for adolescence to make him awkward to have made him awkward you could see now that my you could see now that he might make a boxer as far as width and heaviness of shoulders went but there was a mildness about his mouth and eyes that proclaimed no devil
He patted on the palm trunk softly and paused at last to believe in the reality of Thailand. Laughed the light redly again and stood on his head. He turned neatly on to his feet, jumped down to the beach, knelt and swept a double armful of sand into a pile against his chest. Then he sat back and, uh, and looked at the water with bright, excited eyes. Ralph, the fat boy, lowered himself over the terrace and sat down carefully, using the edge as a seat. I'm sorry I've been such a time, them fruit. He wiped his glasses and adjusted them on the on his button nose. The frame has made a deep pink V on the bridge. He looked vertical. He looked critically at Ralph's golden body and then down at his own clothes. He laid a hand on them and of the zipper of a zipper that extended down his chest. My auntie. Then he opened the zipper with decision and pulled the whole windbreaker over his head. There, Ralph looked at him, sighed long and said nothing. I expect we all want to know all their names, said the fanboy, and make a list we ought to have a meeting. Ralph did not take the hint, so the fat boy was forced to continue. I don't care where they where, I don't care what they call me, he said confidentially, so long as they don't call me what they used to call me at school. Ralph Ralph was faintly interested. What was that? The fat boy glanced over his shoulder, leaned towards Ralph, he whispered. They used to call me Piggy. Ralph shrieked with laughter. He jumped up. Piggy, Piggy. Ralph, please. Piggy clasped his <laughs> Piggy clasped his hands in apprehension. I said I didn't want Piggy, Piggy. Piggy, Piggy. Ralph danced out into the hot air of the beach and then turned, returned as a fighter plane with his wings swept back and machine gun gunned Piggy. Sheeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeee
the top of this was covered with thin layer of soil and coarse grass and shaded with young palm trees there was not enough soil for them to grow to any height and when they reached perhaps 20 feet they fell and dried forming a criss cross pattern on the trunk of trunks very convenient to sit on the palms that stood still stood made the green roof covered with under, underside with a quivering quivering tangle of reflections from the lagoon ralph howled himself on to his on to this platform noted the coolness and shade shut on eye and decided that the shadow on his body was really green he picked his way to the seaward edge of the platform and stood looking down into the water it was clear to the bottom and the bright bottom and bright with a fluorescence of tropical weed and coral a school of tiny glittering fish flicked hither and thither ralph spoke to himself surrounding the base strings of of the light okay that was one notification came ralph spoke to himself sounding the bass strings of delight wizo beyond the plat- beyond the platform there was more enchantment some act of god a, ty- a typhoon perhaps or the storm that had accompanied his own arrival had banked sand inside the lagoon so that there was a long deep pool in the beach with high ledge of pink granite at the further end ralph had been deceived before now by the suspicious appearance of depth in a beach pool and he approached this one preparing to be disappointed but the island ran through to form the incredible pool which clearly was only invaded by the sea at the high tide was so deep at one end as to be the dark green ralph inspected the whole 30 yards carefully and then plugged plunged in the water was warmer than his body than his blood and he might have been swimming in a huge bath piggy appeared again sat on the ra- rocky ledge and watched ralph's green and white body enviously you can't half swim piggy piggy took off his shoes and socks arranged them carefully on the ledge tested the water with one toe it's hot what did you expect i didn't expect nothing my auntie sucks to your auntie ralph did a surface dive and swam under water with his eyes open and the sandy edge of the pool loomed up like a hillside hillside he turned over holding his nose and a golden light danced and shattered just over the face piggy was looking determined and began to take off his shorts presently he was palely and fatly naked he tipped to he tiptoed down the sandy side of the pool and sat there up to his neck and water smiling proudly at ralph aren't you going to swim piggy shook his head 
I can't swim. I wasn't allowed. My asthma sucks your asthma. Sucks to your asthma. Piggy bore with Piggy bore this with a sort of humble patience. You can't half swim well. Charles paddled backwards down the slope, emerged his mouth and blew a jet of water into the air. Then he lifted the his chin and spoke. I could swim when I was five. Daddy taught me he was commander in the navy. When he gets when he gets leave, he will come and rescue us. What's your father? Piggy flushed suddenly. My dad's dead. He said quickly, and my mum. He took off his glasses and looked vainly for something with which to clean them. I used to live with my auntie. She kept a sweet shop. I used to get ever so many she sweets, as many as I liked. When will your, when will your dad rescue us? Soon as he can. Piggy rose, dripping from the water, and stood naked, cleaning his glasses with a sock. The only sound that reached them now was the. Was now reached them now through the heat of the morning was the long grinding roar of the breakers on the reef. How does he know we are here? Ralph lolled in the water. Sleep enveloped him like the sweating mirages that were wrestling with the brilliance of the lagoon. How does he know we are here? Because thought Ralph. Because because. Uh, the roar from the reef became very distant. They would tell him at the airport. Piggy shook his head, put on his flashing glasses, and looked down at the Ralph. Not them. Didn't you hear what the pilot said about the atom bomb? We are. They are all dead. Ralph pulled himself out of water, stood facing Piggy. And considered this unusual problem, Piggy persisted. This is an island, isn't it? I climbed a rock, said Ralph slowly, and I think this is an island. They are all dead, said Piggy, and this is an island. Nobody don't, nobody don't know we are here. Your dad don't know. Nobody don't know. His lips quivered, and the spectacles were dim with mist. We may still, we may stay here till we die. We may stay here till we die. With the word that, with the word, the heat seemed to increase till it became threatening. Threatening weight and the lagoon attacked them with a blinding effulgence. Get my clothes, muttered Ralph. Along there. He trotted through the sand, enduring the sun's enmity, crossed the platform and found his scattered clothes. To put on a grey shirt once more was strangely pleasing. Then he climbed down. Then he climbed the edge of the platform. He sat in the green shade on the convenient truck. Piggy howled himself, carrying himself up, carrying most of his clothes under his arms. Then he sat carefully on a fallen trunk near the little cliff that fronted the lagoon, and the and the tangled reflections quivered over him. Presently he spoke. 
we got to find others we got to do something ralph said nothing ralph said nothing here was a coral island protected from sun ignoring piggy's ill omen talk he dreamed pleasantly piggy insisted how many of us are there are there ralph came forward and stood by piggy i don't know here and there little breezes crept over the polished waters beneath the haze of heat when these breezes reached the platform the palm the palm fronds palm fronds would whisper so that the spots of blurred sunlight slid over the over their bodies and moved like bright winged things in the shade piggy looked up at ralph all the shadows on ralph's face were reversed green above bright below from the lagoon the blur of the sunlight was crawling across his hair we've got to do something ralph looked through him here at last was the imagined but never fully realized place leaping into a real life ralph's lips parted in the in a delighted smile and piggy taking his taking this smile to himself as a mark of recognition laughed with pleasure if it really is an island what's that ralph ralph had stopped smiling and was pointing into the lagoon something creamy lay creamy lay among the ferny weeds a stone no a shell suddenly piggy was bubble with decorous excitement shrike it's a shell i seen one like that before on someone's back wall a conch he called it he used to blow it and then his mom would come it's never it's ever so valuable near to ralph's elbow a palm sapling learned, leaned out over the lagoon indeed the weight was already pulling the lump from the poor soil and soon it would fall he tore out the stem and began to poke about the about in the water while the brilliant fish flickered away on this side and that piggy leaned dangerously careful you'll break it shut up ralph spoke absently the shell was interesting and pretty and a worthy plaything but the vivid phantoms of his strange dreams still interposed between him and peggy who in this context was an irrelevance the palm sapling bending pushed the shell across the weeds ralph used one hand as a fulcrum and pressed down with the other till the shell rose dripping till the shell rose dripping and peggy could make a grab now the shell was no longer a thing but not to be touched ralph became too excited piggy babbled a conch ever so expensive i bet if you wanted to buy one you would have to pay pounds and pounds and pounds he had it on his card and wall and my auntie ralph took the shell from piggy and little water ran down his arm the color of the shell was deep green touched there touched here and there with fading pink between the point worn away into little hole and the pink lips of the mouth 
lay 18 inches of shell and and shell shell with a, with a slight spiral twist and covered with a delicate embossed pattern ralph shook sand out of his deep tube mood like a cow he said he had some white stones too and a bird cage with a green parrot he didn't blow with with the blow the white stones of course and he said piggy paused for breath and stroked the glistening thing that lay in ralph's hand ralph ralph looked up we can use to call use this to call the others have a meeting they will come when they hear us he beamed at ralph that was what you meant didn't you that's why you got the conch out of the water ralph pushed back his fair hair how did your friend blow the conch he kind of spat said piggy my auntie wouldn't let me blow on the count of my asthma she said you blew from down there piggy laid a hand on the jutting abdomen you try ralph you'll call the others doubtedly doubtfully ralph laid the small end of the shell amongst against his mouth and blew there came a rushing sound from his mouth but nothing more ralph wiped the salt water off his lips and tried again but the shell remained silent he kind of spat ralph pursed his lips and squirted air into the shell and which emitted a low farting noise this amused both boys so much that ralph went on squirting some for some minutes between bouts of laughter and blew down from there he blew down here he blew from down here ralph grasped the idea and hit the shell with air from his diaphragm immediately the thing sounded a deep harsh note boomed under the palms spread through the intricacies of the forest and echoed back from the pink granite from the mount of the mountain clouds of the birds rose from the treetops and something squealed and ran in the undergrowth ralph took the shell away from his lips gosh his ordinary voice sounded like whisper after the harsh note of his of the conch he laid the conch against his lips took a deep breath and blew once more the new the note boomed again and then at his former pressure the note flunking up an octave became an astringent player more penetrating than before piggy was shouting something his face pleased his glasses flashing the birds cried small animals scuttered ralph's breath failed the note dropped and the oc- dropped the octave and became a low whirr was a rush of air the conch was silent a gleaming dusk ralph's face was dark with breathlessness and the air over the island was full of bird clamor and echoes ringing i bet you can hear that for miles ralph found his breath and blew series of short blasts piggy explained exclaimed there is one 
The child that appeared among the palms about a hundred yards along the beach. He was a boy of perhaps six years, sturdy and fair, his clothes torn, his face covered with a sticky mass of fruit. His trousers had been lowered from for an obvious purpose and and had only been pulled back halfway. He jumped off the palm terrace into the sand and his trousers fell about his ankle. He stepped out from out of them and trotted to the platform. Piggy held him up. Meanwhile, Ralph continued to blow his voices shouted in the forest. The small boy squatted in the in front of Ralph, looking up brightly and vertically. As he received the reassurance of something purposeful being done, he began to look satisfied and his only clean digit, a pink thumb, slid into his mouth. Piggy leaned down to him. What's your name? Johnny. Piggy muttered the name to himself and shouted it to Ralph who was not interested because he was still blowing. His face was dark with violent pressure, pleasure of making this stupendous noise and his heart was making the stretched shirt shake. The shouting in the forest was nearer. Signs of life were visible now on the beach. The sand trembling beneath the heat haze concealed many figures in its miles of length. Boys were making their way towards the platform through the hot, dumb sand. Three children, three small children, no older than Johnny, appeared from appeared from startling close at hand where they had been gorging fruit in the forest. A dark little boy, not much younger than Piggy, parted the a tangle undergrowth, tangle of undergrowth, walked onto the platform and smiled cheerfully at everybody. More and more of them came, taking the cue from the innocent Johnny. They sat down on the fallen palm trunks and waited. Ralph continued to blow short, penetrating blasts. Piggy moved among the crowds, asking names and frowning to remember them. The children gave them the sim the children gave him the simple obedience that they had given to the men with megaphones. Some were naked and carrying their clothes, other half naked or more or less dressed in school uniforms, grey, blue, fawn-jacketed, or cherished, jerseyed. There were, there were badges, mottos even, stripes of colors in stockings and pullovers. Their heads clustered among above the trunk in the green shade, heads brown, fair, black, chestnut, sandy, mouse-colored, heads muttering, whispering, Heads full of eyes that watched Ralph and speculated. Something was being done. The children who came along the beach singly, in singly or singly or in twos, leapt into visibility when they crossed the line from heat haze to nearer sand. Here, the eye was first attracted to a black bat-like creature that danced on the sand and only later perceived the body above it. The bat was the child's shadow. Shrunk by the vertical sun to a patch between hurrying feet, even, even while he blew, 
Ralph noticed the last pair of bodies that reached the platform have a fluttering patch of black. The two boys, bullet-headed with hair like Tau, flung themselves down and lay grinning and, and panting at Ralph like dogs. They were twins and the eyes I was shocked and incredulous and incredulous at such cherry duplication. They breathed together, they grinned together, they were chunky and vital. They raised wet lips at Ralph, for they seemed provided with not quite enough skin, so that their profiles were blurred and their mouths pulled open. Piggy bent his flashing glasses to them and could be heard between the blasts, repeating their names, Sam, Eric, Sam, Eric. Then he got muddled. The twins shook their heads and pointed at each other and the crowd laughed. At last, Ralph ceased to blow and sat there, the conch trailing from one hand, his head bowed on his knees. As he echoes died, as the echoes died away, so the laugh, so did the laughter, and there was silence. Within, <coughs> within the diamond haze of the beach, something dark was fumbling along. Ralph saw it first and watched till the intentness of his gaze drew all eyes that way. Then the creature stepped from Mirage on the sand, on the clear sand, and they saw that the darkness was not all shadow but mostly clothing. The creature was party of boys, marching approximately in steps in two parallel lines and dressed in strangely eccentric clothing. Shorts, shirts, and different garments they carried in their hands, but each boy wore a square black cap with silver badge in it. Their bodies from throat to ankle were hidden by black cloaks. They bore a long silver cross and on the left breast and each neck was finished off with a hamburg frill. The heat of the tropics, the descent, the search for food, and now this sweaty march along the blazing beach had given them the complexion of newly washed plums. The boy who controlled them was dressed in the same same way though his cap badge was golden. When his party was about was about ten, ten yards from the platform, he shouted an order and, and they halted. Gasping, sweating, swaying in the fierce light, the boy himself came forward, vaulted on the platform with his cloak flying, and peered into what in what to him was almost complete darkness. With the man with the trumpet, Ralph, sensing his son's blindness, answered him, There is no man with trumpet, only me. The boy came close and peered down at Ralph, screwing up his face as he did so. What he saw was the fair-haired boy with the creamy shell on his knees. It did not seem to satisfy, satisfy him. He turned quickly, his black cloak circling. Isn't there a ship then? Inside the floating cloak, he was tall, thin and bony and his hair was red beneath the black cap. His face, his face was crumpled and freckled and ugly without silliness. Out of this face, 
stared out of this face stared two light blue eyes frustrated now and turning or ready to turn into ang- turn to anger isn't there isn't there a man here ralph spoke to his back no we are having a meeting come join in the group of cloaked boys began to scatter from close line the tall boy shouted at them choir choir stand still <coughs> choir stand still wearing obedient we are really obedient the choir huddled into line and stood there swaying in the sun nonetheless some began to protest faintly but married you please married you can't we then one of the boys flopped on in his face in the sand and the line broke up they heavily they heaved the fallen boy to the platform and let him lie meridue his eyes staring made the best of a dad bad job all right then sit down let him alone but meridue he is always throwing a faint said meridue he did the gib he did in gib and in addis and at matins over the presenter this last piece of shop brought sneggers from the choir who perched like blackbirds on the crisscross trunks and examined ralph with interest piggy asked no names he was intimidated by his uniform by this uniform superiority and the offhand authority of meridue's voice he shrank to the other side of the ralph and busied himself with his glasses meridue turned to ralph aren't there any grown ups no meridue sat down on a trunk and looked around the circle then we will all have to look after ourselves then we'll all then we'll have to look after ourselves secure on the other side of ralph piggy spoke timidly that's why ralph made the meeting so we can decide what to do we heard we have heard names that's johnny those two are they are twins sam and eric which is eric you you no you are sam i am sam and i am eric we would both would better all have names said ralph so i am ralph we got the names said piggy got him just now kids names said meridue kids names said meridue kids names said meridue why should i be jack i am meridue why should i be jack i am married to you married you married you ralph turned to him quickly this was the voice of one who knew his own mind then went on piggy that boy i forgot that boy i forgot you are talking too much said jack married you shut up fatty laughter rose he's not fatty cried laugh his real name is piggy <laughs> piggy piggy oh piggy a storm of laughter arose and even the teeniest child joined in for the moment the boys were closed circuit of some circuit of sympathy was with piggy outside he went very pink bowed his head and cleaned his glasses again finally the laughter died away and the name naming continued 
there was Morris, next in size among the choir boys to Jack, but broad and grinning all the time. There was a slight furtive boy whom no one knew who kept to himself with an inner intensity of avoidance and secrecy. He muttered that this na- that his name was Roger and was still was silent again. Bill Robert Harold Henry, the choir boy who fainted, sat up against the palm trees, palm trunk. Smiled. Smiled pallidly at Ralph and. Apparently at Ralph and said there was and his name was Simon Jack Jack spoke we have decided we have got to decide about being rescued there was a buzz one of the small boys Henry said that he wanted to go home shut up and Ralph shut up and said Ralph absently he lifted the conch seems to me the seems to me we ought to have chief to decide thing a chief a chief. I ought to be the chief, said Jack with simple arrogance, because I am chapter chorister, chorister and head boy. I can sing C sharp. Another buzz. Well, when, well then, said Jack, I hesitated. He hesitated. The dark boy, Roger, stood at last and spoke up. Let's have a vote. Yes, vote for a chief. Let's vote. This toy of voting was almost as pleasing as the conch. Jack started to protest, but the clamor changed from general wish for a chief to chief or to an election by a claim of Ralph himself. None of the boys could have found good reason for this. What intelligence had been shown was traceable to Piggy, while the most obvious leader was Jack. But there are there was a still. There was a stillness about Ralph as he sat that marked out him marked him out. There was his size and an attractive appearance and most obscurely yet most powerfully there was the count there was this the conch. There was this conch. The being the being that he had blown that he had blown that had sat waiting for them on the platform with delicate things balanced on his knees was set apart him with that him with the shell ralph ralph let him be chief with the trumpet thing ralph raised a hand for silence all right who wants jack for the chief with dreary obedience the choir raised his their hands who wants me every hand outside the choir except piggy Piggy's was raised immediately. Then Piggy too raised his hand grudgingly into the air. Ralph counted, I am chief then. The circle of bro- boys broke into applause. Even the choir applauded. <laughs> the freckles on Jack's face disappeared under a blush of mortification. He started up, then changed his mind and sat down again. While the air rang, Ralph looked at him eager to offer something the choir belongs to you of course they would be they could be the army or hunters they could be the scuffers the suffusion the the suffusion the suffusion 
drained away from Jack's face. Ralph waved again and again for silence. Jack's in charge of choir. They can be what do you want them to be? Hunters? Hunters. Ra- Jack and Ralph smiled at each other with shy liking. The rest began to talk eagerly. Jack stood up. All right, choir, take off your togs. As if realized from the class, the choir boys stood up, chattered, piled their black cloaks on the grass. Jack laid his uh, laid his on the trunk by Ralph. His grey shorts was were sticking to him with sweat. Ralph glanced at them admiringly, and then, and when Jack saw his glance, he explained, "I tried to get." I will read from here. Nine pages are left in the chapter, and I my voice is breaking now. It's forty eight minutes. I'm I've been reading. I won't be able to finish three chapters. I'm hoping to finish just one chapter. I'm a slow reader, right? <laughs> All right, I'll come back again within five minutes. So it's twelve thirty four now. I've watched few YouTube videos. One was, one was about the Rango, a bizarre masterpiece. This is this was video was very awesome as Rango is my favorite film, and they explained some of the scenes. They explained I didn't I hadn't noticed before. I didn't noticed. So in the next watch, I will I will see those scenes very carefully, and these were amazing sequences. So back to my reading. I have only twenty minutes now. So let's see how much I finish. Right, back to back to the book. I tried to. Um, where was I? Here, Ralph was my. Ralph was smiled and held up the conch for silence. Listen, everybody, I've got to. I've got to have time to think things out. I can't decide what to do straight off. If it, if this isn't an island, we might be rescued straight away. So we've got to decide if this is an island. Everybody went. Everybody must stay around here and wait, and not go away. Three of us. If we take us more, take more, we all get all mixed, and lose each other. There will be three of us. We'll go on expedition, on an expedition, and find out. I'll go and Jack and and he uh, looked around the circle of eager faces. There was no lack of boys to choose from, and Simon. The boys around Simon giggled. He stood up and laughing a little. Now that the pallor was of his faint was over, he was a skinny, vivid little boy, with a glance coming, glance coming up from the, from under a hut of straight fair, straight hair that hung down black and coarse. 
He nodded at Ralph. I'll come. And I, Jack, snatched from behind him a sizable, a sizable sheath knife and clouted it into the trunk. The buzz rose and died away. Peggy stared. I'll come. Ralph turned to him. You are no good on a job like this. All the same. We don't want you," said Jack. Jack fatly, flatly. <laughs> Three's enough. Piggy glasses flashed. I was with him. I was with him when he found the conch. I was with him before anyone else. Jack and the others paid no attention. <laughs> there was a general dispersal. Dispersal. Ralph, Jack, and Simon jumped off the platform and walked along the sand past the. Bathing, bathing pool. Piggy hung, but bumblingly, bumbling. Piggy hung, bumbling behind them. If Simon walks in the middle of us, said Ralph, then we could talk over his head. <laughs> three of us, three of them fell into step. This meant that every now and then Simon had to do double shuffle to catch up with the others. Presently, Ralph stood. Ralph stopped and turned back to Piggy. Look, Jack and Simon pretended to notice nothing. They walked on. You can't come. Piggy's glasses were misted again, this time with humiliation. You told him after what I said. His fat, his face flushed. His mouth trembled. After I said, I didn't want. What on earth are you talking about? About being called. About being called piggy, I said I didn't care as long as, as they didn't call me piggy, and I said not to tell. And then you went on and said straight out. Stillness descended on them. Ralph, looking with more understanding at piggy, saw that he was hurt and crushed. He hovered between the two courses of apology, or further insult. Better piggy than fatty. He said, "Better picky than fatty." He said at last, with the directness of genuine leadership. Better, better picky than fatty. He said at last, with the directness of genuine leadership. And anyway, I'm sorry if you feel like that. Now go back, picky, and take names. That's your job. So long. He turned and raced after the other two. Piggy stood, and the rose, and the rose of indignation faded slowly from his cheeks. He went back to the platform. Three boys walked briskly on the sand. The tide was low, and there was a strip of weed-strewn, strewn beach that was almost firm as road. A kind of glamour was spread over them and the scene, and they were conscious of the glamour and made happy by it. They turned to each other, laughing, laughing, laughing excitedly, talking, not listening. The air was bright. Ralph, faced by the task of translating all this into an explanation, stood on his head and fell over. When they had done laughing, Simon. Stroked Ralph's arm shyly. 
shyly and said there is they had no they had to laugh again come on and jack presently we are explorer come on said jack presently we are explorers we'll go to the end of the island said ralph and look around the corner if if it is an island now towards the end of the afternoon the mirages were settling a little they found the end of the island a quite distinct and not magicked magicked out of shape or sense there there was a jumble of the usual squareness with one great block sitting out in the lagoon sea birds were nesting there i don't know if you could hear that but outside my house a kid is crying like hell so long after so long i am hearing a child's cry i love it <laughs> i like childs i like kids everything they do and this this book is also about kids and they are doing stuffs amazing i am i like the magic that is being made in my mind while reading this book this is very beautiful I love it. I love the adventures going on. I'm imagining myself there. You know the freedom and this and the dangers, impending dangers, dooms, anything could be impending uncertainty and you have to do things there. It is amazing. You have to do things, decide your decisions will be so crucial in this moment any decision could harm others you have to find food also and you don't have have to feed the whole group so it's a very very good good adventure man let's uh, now i'm continuing reading like icing and said ralph on a cake like icing said ralph on a cake we shan't see round this corner said jack because there isn't one only slow curve and you can see the rocks get worse ralph shaded ralph shaded his eyes and followed the jagged outline of the crags up towards the mountain this part of the beach was nearer the mountain than any other than any other that they have seen we, we will try climbing the mountain from here he said i should I should think this is the easiest way there is a lot of jungly stuff and more pink rock come on the three boys began to scramble up some unknown force had wrenched and shattered these cubes so what so that they lay askew often piled diminishingly on each other the most usual feature of the rock was a pink cliff surmounted by a skewed block and that again surmounted and then again till the pinkness became a stack of balanced rock projecting through the looped fantasy of the forest creepers where the pink cliff rose around rose out of the ground there were often narrow tracks winding upwards there could edge they could edge along them deep in the plant world their faces to the rock what made this track jack paused wiping the sweat faced from from his face ralph stood up by him breathless men jack showed showed his and animals 
Ral peered into the darkness under the trees. The forest minutely vibrated. Come on. The difficulty was not the steep ascent round the shoulders of the rock, but the occasional plunges through the undergrowth to get to the deck. So I just found that one segment on anchor can only can be can only be for one hour. You for to make podcast longer than one hour, you have to make different different segments. and then combine them so i have recorded one segment and i am recording this is the second segment of the lord of the flies i'm continuing oh man just wait a second so here i was there and the difficulty was not the steep ascent round the shoulders of the rock but the occasional plunges through the undergrowth to get to the next path here the roots here the roots and stem stems of creepers were in such tangles that the boys had to thread them through giant pliant needles their only guide apart from the brown ground and occasional flashes of light through the foliage was a tendency of slope whether this hole laced as it was cables of creepers stood higher than that somehow they moved up immured 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 in these tangles at perhaps their most difficult moment ralph turning his with shining eyes to the others wacko wizard smashing the cause of their pleasure was wacko wizard smashing the cause of their pleasure was not obvious all three were hot dirty and exhausted ralph was badly scratched the creepers were as thick as their thighs and lit and left little but tunnels for further penetration ralph shouted experimentally and ralph shouted exper- experimentally and they listened to the muted echoes This is real exploring," said Jack. "I bet nobody's been here before. We ought to draw a map," said Ralph. "Only we haven't any paper. We could make scratches on bark," said Simon. "And rub it. And rub, rub black stuff in. Wow, good idea." So in ten minutes, I have my class. Let's see if I could finish this or not. Wait a minute, get out.
This is real exploring, said Jack. I bet nobody's here. I bet nobody's been here before. We ought to draw a map, said Ralph. Only we haven't any paper. We could make scratches on Bark and Simon and rub them, rub black stuff in. Again, a solemn communion of shining eyes with a gloom. Wacko, is Wacko, wizard. There was no place for standing on one's head. This time, Ralph expressed the intensity of his emotion by pretending to knock Simon down. And soon they were have, happy having pile in under the dusk. Having pile in the under dusk. When they had fallen apart, Ralph spoke first. Got, got, to get, got to get on. The pink granite of the next cliff was further back from the creepers and the trees so that they could not trot up the path. This again led to led into more open forest so that they had a glimpse of the spread area with openness. With openness came the sun. It dried the sweat that had soaked their clothes in the dark, damp heat. At last the way to the top looked like a scramble over pink rock with no more plunging through darkness. The boys chose their way through def- defiles and low and over screes of sharp stone. Look, look, high over there and the high over this the end of the high over this end of the island. These shattered rocks lifted up their stacks and chimneys. This one against which rock leaned. Jack leaned, moved with a grating sound when they pushed. Come on, but not come on to the top. The assault on the summit must wait while there while the three boys accepted this challenge, the rock was as large as a small motor car. Heave, sway back and forth, catch the rhythm, heave. Increase the swing of the pendulum, increase, come up and bear the bear against the point of furthest balance. Increase, increase, heave. The great rock loitered. Poised on one toe, decided not to return, moved through the air, fell, struck, turned over, leapt rounding, leapt running, leapt, leapt droning through the air and smashed a deep hole in the canopy of the forest. Echoes and birds flew, white and pink dust floated, the forest further down the sh- down shook as with the passage of an Im- enraged monster. And then the island was still. Wacko like a bomb. Not for five minutes could they drag themselves away from this triumph. But they last they left at last. The way to the top was easy after that. As they reached the last stretch, Ralph stopped. Golly. Golly. I should be reading the dialogues in the in the emotion that that is portrayed in the reading in the scenario. They were on the lip of a cirque and or a half cirque in the in the side of the mountain. This was filled with blue flower, a rock plant of some sort, and the overflow hung down. They went. The went and spilled lavishly among the canopy of the forest. The air was thick with butterflies lifting, fluttering, settling. 
Beyond the cirque was a square top of the mountain. Soon they were standing on it. They had guessed before this, before that this was an island. Clambering, clambering, clambering among the pink rocks, with the sea on the either side and the crystal heights of the air, they had known some known by they had known by some instinct that the sea lay on every side. But they seemed something more fitting in leaving the last word till they stood on the top and could see a circular horizon of water. Ralph turned to others. This belonged to us. It was roughly boat-shaped, hummed near, near this end with pine. It was roughly boat-shaped, hummed near this, near this end with behind them the jumbled descent to the shore. On either side, rocks, cliffs, treetops, and steep slope. Forward there, the length of the boat, a tamer descent, reclad with the ends of pink. And then the jungly flat of the island, dense green but drawn at the end of the pink tail. There, where the island pattered out in the water, was another island, a rock, a rock almost stand almost detached standing like a fort facing them across green with one bold pink bastion the boys surveyed all this then looked out the out to the sea they were high up and the afternoon had advanced the view was not robbed by sharpness by mirage that's a reef a coral reef i've seen pictures like that the reef enclosed more than one side of the island lying perhaps a mile out and parallel to what they now thought as of their beach. The coral was scribbled in the sea as though a giant had bent down to reproduce the shape as you can read reproduce the shape of the island in a flowing chalk like chalk line but tried, but tired before he had finished. Inside was a peacock water rocks and weeds showing in as a, in an aquarium outside was the dark blue blue of the sea the tide was running so that the long streaks of foam tailed how many pages were there in the chapter i'm just on 32 page the chapter was only 24 page i read so much slow the tide was running so long that the streaks of foam tailed away from the reef and for a moment they felt the boat was moving steadily astern. Jack pointed down. That's where we landed. Beyond falls and cliffs there was a gash visible in the trees. There were splintered trunks and then the drag leaving only a fringe of palm between the scar and the sea. There too, jutting into the lagoon was the platform with insect-like figures Moving near it, Ralph sketched a twinning line from the bald spot to spot on which they had they stood down the a slope, a gully through flowers round down the rock where a scar started. That's the quickest way back. Eyes shining, mouths open, triumphant. They savored the right of domination. They were lifted up for friends. There is no village smoke and no boats. And Ralph wisely said Ralph wisely we'll make sure later we'll make sure later but I think it's uninhabited we will all get we all we will get food cried Jack hunt catch things 
until they fetch us simon looked at them at them both saying nothing but nodding till his black hair flowed backwards and forwards his face was glowing ralph looked down the other way where there was no reef steeper said jack the ralph made a cupping gesture that's a bit down forest there the mountain holds it up every coin coin of mountain held up trees flowers and trees now the forest stood road flailed just one minute oh, i got the link of my class uh still three pages left in the chapter every coin of the mountain held up trees flowers and trees now the forest stirred rolled flailed the the nearest acres of rock flowers fluttered and for half a minute the breeze blew cool on their hairs ralph spread out his arm, arms all ours they laughed and tumbled and shouted on the mountain i am hungry when simon mentioned his hunger all hours all hours they laughed and tumbled and shouted on the mountain i am hungry when simon mentioned his hunger the others became aware of theirs come on said ralph we have found out what we wanted to know they scrambled down the rock slope dropped among the flowers and made their way under the trees here they paused and examined the bushes around them curiously simon spoke first like candles candle bushes candle birds the bushes were dark evergreen and aromatic and the main buds were waxen green and folded up against the light jack slashed at one with his knife and the scent spilled over them candle buds you couldn't light them said ralph they just look like candles green candles said jack contemptuously we can't eat them come on they were they were in the beginnings of the thick forest blonking with weary feet on a track on a track when they heard the noises squeaking and the hard hard strike of the hoofs on a path as the as they pushed forward the squeaking increased till it became a frenzy they found a piglet caught in a curtain of creepers throwing itself at an elastic traces in all the madness of extreme terror its voice was thin needle sharp and insistent the three boys rushed forward and jack drew his knife again with a flourish he raised his arms in the air there came a pause a hiatus the pig continued to scream and the creepers to jerk and the blade continued to flash at the end of the bony arm the pause was only long enough for them to understand that the enormity enormity the downward stroke would be then the piglet tore loose from the key creepers and scurried into the undergrowth they were left looking at each other and the place of terror jack's face was white under the freckles he noticed that he still he still held the knife aloft and brought him brought his arm down replacing the blade in the sheath then they all three laughed ashamedly and began to climb back to the track i was choosing a place said jack i was just waiting for a moment to decide whether to stab him where to stab him you should stick a pig said ralph fiercely they always talk about sticking a pig you cut a pig's throat to let you blood let the blood out said jack otherwise you can't eat the meat why didn't you they were they knew everywhere 
they knew very well why he hadn't because of the enormity of the knife descending and cutting into living flesh because of the unbearable blood i was going to said jack he was ahead of them and they could not i was going to say i could not he said ahead of they could not see his face i was choosing a place next time he snatched his knife out of the sheath and slammed it into a tree trunk next time there would be no mercy next time there would be no mercy he looked around fiercely daring them to contradict then then they broke out into the sunlight and for a while they were busy finding and devouring food as they moved down the scar towards the platform and the meeting so this was the chapter 1 now i have to attend my class i will record the next chapter readings for later on so thank you for listening this is the longest recording i have ever done it's 1 hour 15 minutes 16 minutes now thank you